Greetings, everybody, and welcome to another installment of Innovation Crush. It's me, Chris Denson. Yay! Um, in case you guys are tuning in for the first time ever, this show covers ideas, awesomeness, uh, smart people doing smart things in the world. And uh, today, we have a really great guest, Craig Minilad Thompson. How you doing? I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I went in LA for a few days, so I thought I'd swing by and say hi. And you, would you pick up those kicks before LA or oh, b- post LA? Oh, b- before LA. So I'm in between legs of my tour right now. So I, I got these for like three and whoof. <laughs> you know, my, I, I love them, but my wallet don't. Yeah. Well, that's, the, I mean, that's what the kick game is. It's, oh, 100%. It's, you know, it's all look, no money. It's happiness mixed with crying. It's a nice balance of both. <laughs> it's like my, my dating life. Um, <laughs> Let's say uh, you had a conversation with my grandmother, which is kind of impossible because she's dead. But you had to explain to her what a Craig Mini Lad Thompson is. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say? Uh, I would say uh, YouTuber through and through. Uh, YouTuber, uh, philanthropist, businessman, and just trying to have fun with the whole thing. So if we're, if we're talking to your grandmother, uh, YouTuber, I try and dive into mostly uh, video game content vlog content to video game content like whether it's myself or me and a few friends just playing video games recording it putting it up to the world vlog content whether it's you know i, I made a chick-fil-a pizza last week like l- little things like that where I, just having fun with it recording it and just put it up to the world and whoever wants to watch it can tune on in uh philanthropy i'm a big into the thirst project i'm uh re- the newest member uh, of the board of directors in the thirst project who raises money uh for third world countries uh, to build water wells for places that places that need it. So and you've been on the ground with that one in particular. I, I think I saw an image of you with yeah, a, a so, giant sledgehammer in your hands. Oh yeah, so I, I went out there. For, <laughs> I went out, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I went out, uh, out there for two weeks, the Kingdom of Eswatini, uh, and just we went around. We saw a lot of the people who recently got wells built to see. Um, it's called a wellibration. So you kind of go over it. there. Yeah. It's nice. Clever. So you, you go over there two weeks afterwards, you make sure everything's okay, you celebrate them, uh, you make sure everything's working, everything's going okay, and then the last two days, we went and build our own well. So it's like, you know, the picture you saw was me digging the pit, so the water runoff, like the excess will go into the ground so it doesn't, you know, ruin everything else, you know, it's, there's no flooding, because it's, it's hot out there. So, yeah, obviously with the, the compact mud, it's just going to slide off everywhere. Uh, so make sure it just goes into somewhere so it can go back into the ground for wells for their so it sounds like even with so. that particular project you've learned a lot about the actual functionality of a building building oh, a well 100% <laughs> it's like more than <laughs> like most people are like oh I, I raise money for it uh, you know maybe I, they'll send me some pictures but yeah, like you're yeah, down yeah. there on the ground and like learning how the sediment works and all that crazy yeah stuff. exactly so like uh, the original thing was uh, just through live streaming online and getting my audience to kind of come together and raise as much money as I can for the Thirst Project. I said, you know, if we raise a bunch of money, I'll go over and build the wells that you guys help fund. So the well that I built was uh, a kind of accumulation of all the money that people have donated and put into that well. So kind of being able to build that well and show the people like, hey, all that, that you know, that, you know, five bucks or five thousand bucks, whatever you put into this charity organization, this is what it's actually going towards. Because I feel like a lot of charity organizations now, it's like, give us your money. You, you might see where it goes. You might not. <laughs> yeah. you know, just give me your money. But I kind of want to say, well, if you're going to give me your money, let me show you what's actually going on here. Oh, well. Oh, oh Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. I, I was dying to do that like from the minute you said well, and then I was like, there's no real insertion point for the joke. <laughs> but uh-huh. you got in there, and I'm proud of you. <laughs> um, no, that's interesting. You know, 
a lot of people talk about influencer and I don't even know if that's a word you use to refer to yourself. You know, it's very like, I have to, I hate the word, but I I guess I have to. What's your take on the word uh, on the verbiage industry wise and or to the fans? I think influencer is just someone who influences people, but I, I feel like that could be anyone from a YouTuber to a musician to your dad. You know, if if your dad can technically be an influencer because it's someone that influences you. Uh, but the way it's kind of perceived right now is influencer is based primarily to just someone who is online. Yeah. Um, and so you mobilizing that influence, whether it's building well, and now with this tour, talk, mm. talk to us a little bit about the tour and I have some interesting, you know, thoughts about how it differentiates, but just, mm. um, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So the, the tour is kind of a weird one because I'm not a traditional comedian. Uh, I've never really done stand up before, even though it is a stand up tour. Uh, so we've spent the last two years trying to accumulate everything that I am into a show, whether it's video games, whether it's stand up, comedy, fan interaction, whatever it is. And we made this show that's an hour and a half long that I'm really proud of myself. But it there there's no genre you can put this under. It's yeah. it's not like I can't just say it's a stand up show because it's not. I can't really say it's a Q and A because it's not. I can't really say it's only fan interaction or like pantomime because it's not it's kind of like a weird conglomerate of shit <laughs> but it's also i mean it's just an extension of your brain right like 100 percent. it yeah. doesn't necessarily you know when it can't be categorized it just has to be you in a sense right yeah and, exactly and of course uh shout out to big jiggly panda oh my uh, boy my boy <laughs> um how did how did the decision come about to be like you know what let's take this madness out on the road and, and see what 27 cities right 27 yeah, yeah. uh ten, well tw- 28 if you include the trial show but i don't um so 27 cities all together and playing uh i'm doing the los angeles san diego tempe this weekend over in arizona uh and the the quote that i live by is i want a million stories for my grandkids whether it's through youtube whether it's through music whether it's through touring whether it's through whatever like i want to be that like really cool uncle that people can go around and ask for stories or ask for advice because i mean that's that's kind of what life is all around all about you know I, I'm, I'm very very business minded but i also i look at the bigger picture so later on down the life whenever i'm not working anymore i can be that cool you know that's the way i think about it and all right so the idea of story Mm -hmm. what does that mean in that context like to tell a million stories to your grandkids like what kinds of stories because obviously like a youtube video is a different form of story than legacy story or maybe it is maybe it's one in the same no it's it's a good question it's i want to be able to tell a story of like the time i was on tour because not not everyone gets to go on tour right so i think being able to be a youtuber telling people stories about that going on tour telling people stories about that i'm trying to release my first single and first ep next year so to be being able to tell stories about that of the more the inner workings of things that people don't normally get to see that's great that's great and then you know as i guess kind of coupled with that the idea of a tour you know, there's this bridging a gap between an online community and a physical real world community. And we right. don't see a lot of those. Of course, there's VidCons and Comic-Cons and like all the meetups and those sorts of things. For sure. But you even took a different angle because you didn't want to just sit down and like do meet and greets. Right. You wanted to right. entertain and interact. So like how important was that piece of it? Yeah. I mean, a lot of YouTubers, I'm not, I'm not ripping on YouTubers who do it because it's, it's kind of to each of their own. A lot of YouTubers go out there and they go on tour and they do a Q&A. Which I think is fine, you know, if that's what their the audience enjoys, and that's awesome. Uh, but for me, I wanted to experiment. I've always been a massive fan of stand up and being able to go out there and say, uh, or just you know, write my own material, see how it works with the crowd, experiment. You always hear the stories about how 
Um, there's trial shows and some bits work that you think should work that don't and vice versa. So being able to go out there like and my just, old well joke. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but, but you fit it in there. That's the most important <laughs> part. You got it in there. Um, and being able to construct something that I know is, you know, polished and finished. So by show 27, it's going to be a very like strategic, very put together, very finished show. Where is it? Where is show 27? Uh, Indiana. I'll go to that one. Indiana, December 7th. Oh, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> it's about uh, to get away. <laughs> you had me. You lost me at Indiana. Uh, no, it, 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 well, that's important, too. I think, you know, the cities that you mentioned are not necessarily the cities that usually get celebrity-ish attention. Right. Um, is that intentional? 100%. Uh, there's uh, a bunch of places, especially in the gaming world, where they have gaming conventions, whether it's VidCon in LA or PAXs, which are in Texas, Seattle, Boston. You have your dream hacks, which are even over um, over on the Europe side. But there's places like Falls Church, Virginia, that, that you know no one no one ever really goes to. Or like even Philly, even though it's a, it's a bigger city, not a lot of people in the gaming space go to. So for me, I love traveling yeah. and being able to go to these places that don't have as much love being able to give them the, the love that they deserve whilst also for me being able to travel and experience new places like for me even going to the first place that uh or the people that made the philly cheesesteak mm -hmm. I, I went to that restaurant and it was amazing like little story little things like yeah. that no i had a chance to i hosted a uh, a gaming and innovation festival in chattanooga tennessee there you go. I never thought I'd go to. And then you come to find out, like, I mean, the, the pleasant surprises when you do get on the ground, whether it's the appreciation. I mean, we had a 20,000 person PUBG tournament. Like, it, was, yeah. it, was, it was huge. But um, but it was just like a cool experience to just be on the ground. And then you find out like Chattanooga has like the fastest Internet in the world. And it's, of really? course, it's a great place to do things like that. Um, I grew up in Detroit. Mm -hmm. You went to Detroit already. I, I, I played Detroit. Yeah. How was it? It was oh Detroit's fantastic. And, uh, it's weird because like the good answer. Yeah, the the, <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the Detroit kind of gets a kind of a bad rep uh, as far as stereotypes. Uh, being able to go there and just seeing how how clean it is, being able to see how friendly everyone was, and being able to kind of experience it for myself. It's kind of like the whole pineapple and pizza thing. I'm a big pineapple and pizza believer, but a lot of people shit on pineapple and pizza even though they've never tried it because you don't know unless you try it. And I kind of had that opinion with Detroit. I've heard things about it, but I wanted to go there for myself and actually see what it was like. And it's a fantastic place. Did you have the spirit of experimentation and exploration before 2011? Yeah. So brief, very brief summary of my life. So I was born in Dubai. I lived there for five years. Was it like Dubainian? Was it, what are, I guess Arabic Dubain? to, to a certain degree. Everyone says Dubainese. I'm like, is, is that? Dubious? <laughs> Dubious. There you yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so and then I lived in Thailand for a year, Singapore for three years, uh, Northern Ireland for about twelve, and then uh, America for the last five. Uh, so because of that, so the reason why my accent sounds like shit, by the way. But uh, it, it's I learned that it's called otherworldly in the voiceover industry. I learned that otherworldly. Yes, because you can't place where the accent is. I'm gonna use. It. I had no idea. Okay, otherworldly. So basically, I'm an alien. Well, I mean, I, 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 that's <laughs> what it says. That's what it says in my visa extraordinary extraordinary alien is literally what they put me as i'm like i'll take it sure oh, they really put that on there literally if, yeah if, if you google like visas and how they uh describe people extraordinary they, alien extraordinary alien oh that's a youtube channel in and of itself <laughs> i know right <laughs> um no sorry the spirit of experimentation like where mm -hmm. did that sort of obviously you've lived in a lot of different places just did you automatically just have to adapt and adjust and like get into new like what where did that kind of spirit come from 
Yeah, well, just because I traveled so much, there's obviously like I've, I've never really been rooted to anywhere. I said Northern Ireland is the closest place I've been rooted to. My my mom's from there. My dad's English. Uh, but because I had to change school so much, I had to change friends, change scenery, change background. So my whole life was packed up every few years and just started again. So I've started, you know, I basically started life like five or so different times now, just from moving houses, moving countries, moving everywhere. So it's that whole idea of breaking away from someone and then starting again and then breaking away and then starting again. Uh, and that in itself is kind of an experiment because being able to go out and meet new people, you, you, you know, some places you may have a load of friends, some places you may have no friends. Right. Uh, and that kind of got my whole my brain working about like, how can I show myself if, if even if you think of it in the way of like a like a stand-up show you know some bits that work some bits that don't you iron at the bits that don't to make sure the bits that do work make sure they stick yep. so every time i basically started again i wanted to make sure it stuck um from uh well at the beginning so speaking of 2011 being the beginning of your youtube <clears throat> channel mm -hmm. um you once referred to those early videos as quote unquote awful oh 100 percent I have 150 videos privatized. I don't even want to look at them anymore. <laughs> well, it's the same thing as like if you go back and listen to an, an artist's early music. If you go back and li or watch a, a director's first films or something like that, they're all straight garbage because they don't really know what they're doing. They they know roughly what they're doing, right. but it's it's the same thing as driving. Where yeah, you can pass your test, but that doesn't make you a good driver. Did you know they were garbage at the time though? Or did you like later look back and like, oh my gosh, what was that? Oh, at the, at the time, like this is hot shit. Let's go. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm hyped by myself. And then uh, you look back and because of all the, all the kind of trials, tribulations, and all the experience that you've learned over the years, just by doing something for years and years and being inside the industry, you know how it all works. So being able to go back and look at those videos, like wow, like I knew nothing, you know, as far as like how microphones worked, lighting. Even like uh, color grading, it's such simple things nowadays. But back then, I had no idea. Well, a noise gate, yeah. like you can hear my brother playing Battlefield in the next room. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, he, yeah, no, he, he was a Harrier pilot, and you can hear the beep 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 in the in my oh, first videos. Wow. You can hear that next door. It's funny. You should, you, you should put those old videos out and kind of like do a director's commentary on. Oh, uh, I have. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, it was a difficult video to record. <laughs> <laughs> you stuck my happy and, and crying at the same it's time. It's more of a repressed memory than anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was the biggest lesson al along the way? Like, what was the one thing that kind of stuck with you the most kind of looking at then till now? Is it business? Is it creativity? Is it collaboration? I feel like it's, there, there's a million ways you can approach it. I feel like everything you just named off is extremely vital. Uh, but if it's someone who wants to kind of start this, I mean, no matter what you start, you know, whether it's this, whether it's a new job, whether it's anything, anything new, there's a million times where you want to quit. It's as simple as that. You're like, no one's watching this. No one cares. Why am I doing this? And it's the one thing that I, I preach on, which is consistency. And I know it's a very cliche answer, but the way I word it is like this. You can be making a piece of content, whether it's for me, videos for you, podcasts or whatever you can make, you can make this for two or three years straight and no one's watching it, no one tuned in, no one whatever, you could just say to yourself, you know, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe maybe I can go put my time somewhere else. If you, you would quit. That next week, you could create a piece of content that would blow you up to where you want to go, but because you're not there, you're also not there to read the benefits of it. Yeah. So I, I feel like 
perseverance for, i guess perseverance yeah. yeah what what made you keep going because like a, a lot of people have come and gone even mm-hmm. people who have achieved a level of success whether they were able to sustain it or repeat mm-hmm. it or whatever or you never achieved that level of success right. or perceived success what made you keep going i guess heart and myself I, I wanted to do something different for me whenever i first came out i started a youtube channel you know i, I was 16 when i made it i'm 24 now um i got bullied out my ass for it um so it was more proving them that i could do something with my life proving that yeah i started this and i'm getting shit for it so i want to prove to them that you know i can make something myself that i can actually do this and it's a beautiful beautiful thing being able to give them the middle finger from from beverly hills when they're stuck in northern ireland so absolutely with the virgil abloh zone 100 (laughs) exactly um uh What's the goal now then? Like if you know, if if that was a motivating factor mm-hmm. at, at one point in time, and now you've said bye haters, what you know, what does the evolution look like, and what's the motivation now? Yeah, uh, for me, I'm a firm believer in just enjoying myself. You know, with YouTube, I I, I love what I do, I enjoy everything that I do, um, and I want to just kind of dip my foot in the water with everything just to see if it sticks. So you know, I've got uh, the tour coming out. I wanted to see if it even worked. Uh, now I found out that I'm really enjoying it. Uh, so I'm going to try and take the tour to Europe and Australia. Uh, then I've got my music coming out. I, the reason I wanted to go on tour, cause I knew if my music came out, I'm a house producer, uh, that eventually I would have to go on tour for my music. So I kind of want to make sure that I like that in the first place. Um, I'm working on a, a lot of business ventures right now. Like I have a lot of investments that I'm really, um, sucked into right now. Uh, I'm releasing a clothing line. I have a few projects that I can't talk about, but I'll tell you after. Uh, so there's a bunch of ca- bunch of stuff going on right now that I, I believe in. I have a, a bu- I have a bunch of chips in my side, and I'm kind of slowly just putting my chips in even categories just to see if it works. Because uh, I feel like a lot of people who, you know, have re- reached a certain state of success, they're like, okay, I have a bunch of money now. I don't know what to do with it, and they just throw their chips at a wall, mm-hmm. and it's just mm-hmm. kind of spread out everywhere. Uh, with no kind of thought, no progress, no insight into it. But I think for me, what I'm doing right now is I'm taking my chips. I'm just kind of slowly putting them in different areas. If it doesn't work out, then I've lost a few chips, but I still have a bunch left. Um, and then hopefully those chips, you know, hopefully I, I can win on one and then can I go from there? Yeah, it's, I mean, there's a lot on this show. We have a lot of traditional business folks, mm-hmm. you know, or just creative. But I think one of the key things when it comes to innovation is experimentation, right? right. Whether it's like with your own personal craft or where you put your resources, mm-hmm. um, you know, is there is there something on the wish list you haven't been able to get to? Like you're like, ah, oh, I really would want to, I don't know, do a mural on the side of a <laughs> 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 I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm working on it right now as I've, uh, I went to university for music production. Ah. So my original plan in life was to make jingles for commercials. That was my original plan in life. So I'm slowly, I'm sure the last three or four years trying to work away on my music. So the fact that I'm getting so close to finally releasing stuff to the point where I think it's at a, at a professional standard, excuse me, um, it excites me. I think my big thing is I want to be able to release some kind of music out there and just say like, I released an EP. Yeah. Because I think that's, considering it was my original goal in life to do music, being able to say, I've released my music out to the world. Because now with YouTube, like I have my editors, I have a lot of people that kind of take away the creative enjoyment i guess out of it uh with my editors it's very i still have the creative freedom because i tell them what to do but they go ahead and do it and add their own flair to it so it's 
I don't get to work as creatively on the back end as I used to. So music is my creative outlet. Yeah. And being able to put something that I've worked on for six months a year, well, I guess, you know, five years now, and being able to say, this is what I've accumulated. It's, it's a pride thing. With, um, you know, when you have a, a, I'll give you an example. I wrote a book last year mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, how, not, how can I differentiate this? And we ended up doing one of the things we did was a mixtape for the book. I worked with a, a good friend of mine, Mick, okay. who's been a guest on the show. Oh, yeah. But um, aside from using like, the, your millions of followers as, you know, test beds for the launch, like, do you have anything creative planned to go along with the music? Like you mentioned the tour, but like, mm-hmm. is there anything else you want to do special with the with the release or the launch or the... I, don't know. I guess I haven't really thought that far ahead yet. Uh, you know, my eventual plan is to go on tour, do festivals, all that kind of stuff. Uh, or even like write music for other people, even produce like for like rappers and things like that. Like I do, I do a bunch of stuff kind of like just off to the side by myself. Um, as far as where I'm going to go with that, I guess I never really thought that far ahead. I'm just trying to make sure I get the, these songs I'm working on right now just solid. Of course. Staying in the moment right now. Once it's out there, then I'm like, okay, my music is out there. Now let's see what the future holds. Yeah, yeah. Um, why, why, why did you move to Portland? <laughs> it's a who chooses it, that? It's, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a question I get from everyone. Uh, my I, wife I, is from Portland, so I like I get it. Like I, I mm-hmm. you know, I, I get there often, but but I also don't get it. No, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, I, I love LA. I'm I'm in LA. You know, still uh, once a month, twice a month. So. It's got to the point where my whole entire life has been based around flying, uh, flying back and forth, you know, for the last 24 years. So I've got used to it. Flying to me is just like an oversized bus. So if someone's like, yo, I'm planning a show tomorrow. Do you want to come through? I'm like, all right, I'll just get I'll just, you know, buy a plane ticket and just head out and I'll be in L.A. within hours. Yeah. You know, and so for me, it's it's that accessible. Uh, I'm also a firm believer in having that disconnect from work and play. Um, because once work and play kind of like the lines kind of get blurred between each other, that's where confusion starts. So being able to come out here and work my ass off. So being able to come out here, work my ass off and say to myself, I'm going to get a bunch of stuff done whenever I lived here. And whenever a bunch of other connections live here, it's like, ah, you know, we, we live here. We'll see each other eventually. I wouldn't even worry. But being able to go from Portland over to here, I'm like, okay. I'm going to see as many people as I can. I'm going to crack out as much stuff as I can. And it's funny the amount of people that I've seen, even though we both lived here, I've seen more people now than I have when I lived here. Oh, so, I mean, I, I travel re- relatively frequently for, you know, what I do. And I was every time I go to New York, same thing, like yep. from nine in the morning till probably nine at night, like meeting, meeting, meeting. You crack it out. Maybe I eat meeting you know and then a couple of drinks here and there of course yeah um you mentioned the the word business a few times is uh, how did you acquire your business acumen right you go from hobbyist to like okay this is kind of catching on right and now i have to structure i have to be the ceo of me and you know of many lad for sure and enterprises or whatever yeah (laughs) so it's um Obviously, through YouTube, I've garnished a certain amount of money, amount of money that's just kind of sitting there, not really doing anything with. So I feel like it's my responsibility to kind of say, okay, I want my, I want to put my money to work. I want to reach out. I want to see uh, what investment opportunities out there. A lot of the investments that I've done are in the gaming industry, just because I know it. Just because I know the gaming industry, sure. I know it inside out. So if I can see something that I get the opportunity to invest in, and something that I honestly do believe in, it's something I'm like, all right, what do you guys need? It's like what I was saying earlier. I have a certain amount of chips. If I'm able to put a certain amount of chips into this, um, 
into this investment opportunity, I know this, I know that I'm going to put 110% into that business. Uh, same as that business, whether it's um, there's one that I'm working on right now called Trade Off, which I invested in, which is kind of like a stock market game. It's a bit different than just like your average shooter, I guess you could say. Uh, it's a game that they take real stocks from like maybe the 90s, 80s, or whatever, and they take two weeks worth of stocks and combine it into five minutes. So, Jeez. so normally w- yeah. when it like ticks up and down, it's very, very slow. But because it's two weeks into five minutes, it's just ticking up and down like crazy. So it teaches you exactly when to buy, when to sell. It shows you the trends in real time. There's like tutorials in the game to kind of show you exactly how the stock markets work. Because if you're not, you always hear like you always see stocks when you're watching the news. You hear everyone talk about it in the business, uh, business industry. But if you're from the outside in and you don't know business, like stocks just look overwhelming. It's a bunch of charts. You know, there's money involved. You don't really get it. So this kind of came along where. It's a tutorial game that shows you exactly how the stock stock market works. Uh, it tells you when to buy. It tells you when to sell. You can play against bots if you want. You can play for real money against other people. And like that stuff interests me. Where it's a bit different than just like your regular game. Um, so I'm working really hard with them right now because uh, I think it's gonna be a blow up as a really cool educational piece. Yeah, and when you so when you work with a a company like that or any of the others. What other indicators of success are you looking at? You know, a lot of investors are like, I'm I'm looking at the founders and the team and mm. their experience. Like, what, what are those other indicators? Because I, I, personally, I come across a dozen things a day that I love, that, mm. get, that give me goosebumps. And I'm like, ooh. And then I'm like, eh, maybe not that one, but maybe that one. Right. So what are those other indicators you're, you're looking for? Um, It's, for me, the experience behind the team, say, for example, we'll take the stock market game, for example, if that's just made by, you know, a random bunch of guys who have no experience in anything to do with the stock market or anything, you're like, wow, so you guys have really no idea what you're doing here. There's no point. Experience is key. You want to see what kind of people have already been invest investing, whether uh, it's a, the initial, whether it's a Series A or whatever. You want to see who's been get, uh, getting involved. If, for example, you're coming in like a Series B. Um, you want to see... In my line of work, I know that I'm going to make videos around this game. So you want to see what influencers are on board uh, to see if there's any like notable figures to see if, you know, it's not some random kid with like five subscribers. Like, I'm just here to help. Like, you know, it, it, <laughs> it ain't going to work like that. As far as influencer marketing, it's it's so valuable nowadays. I think influencer marketing is really just on the rise. and It's just exploded even in recent t- uh, recent times with Instagram and yeah. Twitter and everything. Uh, but just because there's so many people watching and listening to what we were saying before, but the whole influencer thing. Well, you know, and I've seen a number of debates on whether it's the death of influence or micro influencers right. or, you know, does this person have 10 million followers? Is there a sweet spot or is it just dependent on the marriage of the business and said influencer? Like what's been your experience on real valuable success? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe not with yourself because you can probably move the needle on most things, mm. but you know um where brands or businesses are trying to grow by leveraging influencers where's that sweet spot the sweet spot as far as influencer marketing is concerned yeah as far as it like actually working right (laughs) no it it makes sense Uh, you need to see the ratio from you know likes to follower ratio because you can have 10 million followers followers don't do anything it depends on how many people are actually engaging in these people you could have someone with 10 million followers but get 100 likes a tweet so with that, you kind of can gauge how much you should put into influencer marketing based off how much engagement they're getting. Because you could have someone with, you know, 100,000 followers, but they're getting half a million likes a tweet. You know, there's YouTubers nowadays that are getting more views than they have subscribers because they know how to work the metadata as far as 
uh, getting into recommended and they know how titles and thumbnails work and they they're really smart from the get go. They just haven't been around long enough, but they understand it. Um, so it, I would base yourself just to make sure that the people who you're going to invest your money into, say, for example, it's a mobile game or a clothing brand or something like that, that, you know, that you're going to get your money's worth. Yeah. Great answer. Um, as you, I mean, you seem like a pretty high energy guy. I try my best. (laughs) (laughs) And, and you got a head full of goodies. Um, you know, talk to me a little bit about self-care. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you mentioned kind of like Portland is a great opportunity for you to just take a break from the hustle and bustle. Yeah. Obviously, being out on tour is no joke, especially if you're making Chick-fil-A pizzas. And uh, <laughs> oh, you, got, yeah. you got mad at one of your one of your boys for uh, was, uh, eating a vegan burger. At the, at oh, a my God. Because <laughs> you, 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 Have you been to Boa? Oh, he does, is that where you, was you, didn't, you didn't say the name of the restaurant? So I was yeah. like, oh, he went to Boa, ate a vegan. Yeah, you get it now. Exactly. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, we took him to Boy. He's from kind of like uh, rural San Francisco. And we're like, we're going to, co- you know, come on out. We'll take you out. We'll take you to Boa, one of the best steakhouses in America. We'll pay for it. It's on our butt. We just want you to enjoy it, experience it, and see what's up. He's like, all right, what do you want? I'll get the Impossible Burger. I'm like, bro, no, <laughs> come on. That's like an insult to Boa. Like, yeah, exactly. They, were like, they kind of threw it in there. It was like, maybe like, all right, just in case. You don't go there that often because it's pricey. But when you do, you know you're going to get a good steak out of it. It's a steakhouse. Yeah, it's not absolutely. a burger joint. Like, <laughs> I, took my, I took my daughter must have been like nine or ten. Uh, and we went into like the little wine cellar. Because it's like Boa is an experience. Oh, yeah. the When you first walk in that big wine cellar. And so the sommelier was like, hey, here, hold, you know, hold this. She was like, hold it. And we took a picture. And he's like, that bottle's $10,000. I was like, but you better put that back. <laughs> <laughs> like i'm not if you drop that like i will you will be adopted um by another family um but back to the original thought like mm-hmm. self-care like what happens you know along like are you, do you take breaks and meditate like you go for walks like what is or do you even have a practice yeah i mean I, um i'm a i'm a firm supporter in making sure that people do take care of themselves you know especially in the business world and pretty much any world altogether that we kind of put ourselves in the back burner uh well i'm a firm believer in making sure that you take breaks for yourself you know uh i've kind of come from a line of uh anxiety depression i have a lot of self-worth issues and i think that's kind of one of the reasons why i work hard enough because i want to make sure that i feel like what i'm doing is worth it uh so i put you know i put 110 percent into everything to make sure that at the end of it i can think of myself as okay you know it's, it's it's a very interesting way of looking at it but for me I love LA to pieces. It's why I come back here a lot. It's why I do a lot of my work here. But being able to go to Portland, I'm able to go. I'm able to breathe. You know, I'm surrounded by by woods. I have my my. I have a ten month old puppy, and I have a, a year and a half old dog out there. My girlfriend's out there. I'm being able to go and just kind of be a family. Just have that disconnect where whenever you work, you can put 110 percent in, but also make sure that you're taking care of your business, but also taking care of yourself. Yeah, I love that. I I, I mean, I love the fact of kind of turning a negative mental mechanic into something positive. Like I tell people all the time, like I, I have imposter syndrome, like it's nobody's business, mm. but I think it's the one thing, one of the key things that drives me towards some, you know, form of excellence. Cause I'm like, I need to prove that I, you know, in a way that I belong here, but you yeah, know, it's a healthy exactly. way of dealing with the, you know, I guess a downside to. Uh, no, exactly. And I mean, you make the best decisions when you have a clear head. Because if you're sitting, you're caught up, say, for example, because um, no business out there is just going to go for it's a it's a perfect line graph from nothing to, to success. There's dips, there's bumps, there's hills, there's there's hurdles in the way. 
And it all depends on how you're able to handle those hurdles when you get there, whether it's, you know, family hurdles, whether it's business hurdles, whether it's whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I think whenever you have a more of a clear headspace, you're able to attack that on a more fruitful matter, manner compared to if your brain's kind of all over the place, you're just going to panic and freak out and you're not going to make a more adjust decision. What's one of the biggest hurdles that you've had to overcome? Me. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's. It, yeah. It's it's so simple, but uh, you know, I get in my head a lot. I'm you know self admitted. Um, whenever things go right, I'm really happy. Whenever things go wrong, I'm not. Whenever things go wrong, I'm not so happy. So, I want to be able to just make sure that I can get over my own hurdles. Yeah. You know, as far as business hurdles are concerned, like yeah, there's there's financial issues. There's friends dropping out. There's friends turning fake. There's businesses dropping out. There's there's everything like that. But if if the biggest hurdle you can get over is yourself, then you're you're on for a winner no matter what you do. That's great. Um, go back to the tour for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the response been? Because I, I know, like you know, at one point I think it was sixteen hours the tickets sold out. At the, yes, yeah, so, yeah. LA sold out in sixteen yeah. hours when the tickets got released. The full a uh, full tour of Detroit sold out in four hours. Actually, you're, yeah. you're home time. There you All go. Right. Sold out in four hours. Three. Yeah, came through. Came through. <laughs> Uh, Detroit actually, uh, Detroit and Chicago had to get upgraded venues because it just sold so fast it was ridiculous. Yeah. But uh, and you also did Carnegie Hall. I heard you say, which mm-hmm. I was like, is it, is it, is it Carnegie or Carnegie? Car- Carnegie, I I would go with. Uh, yeah, I, I went ghost hunting yeah, after but, that um, show though. But you're otherworldly, so yeah, there you go. Extraordinary. Talk to my people. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, the, the response has been ridiculous because. Whenever you go to like a comedy store or something like that, there's a certain way you expect the crowd to react. But with something like this, because it is so new and because me and the other few YouTubers who are kind of doing live YouTuber tours, we're kind of paving the way. We don't really know what to expect, but being able to come out there and see how everyone's kind of hanging on every word. It's more of like a pantomime crowd where, you know, I could just go and take a shit on stage and people would be like, yeah, get it, son. Like, it's... Well, it's, there's an experiment it's, to be had. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to take that idea. Uh, or not, you know. <laughs> but being able to come out there and put on a show and people actually enjoy the show. You know, even parents coming up. We, we have a part where uh, parents come on the stage and we show them some stuff on stage. You know, just kind of keep them on yeah, their yeah. toes. And them being able to say, like, you know, you've helped my son or daughter through hard times. You've brought us together. We oh, watch wow. our videos together. Uh, you've And even someone saying, like, you know, we have no idea who you are. We just heard your plan the night. We got bored and decided to come out and see you. We don't know anything that's going <laughs> on, but we think the, sh- the show was amazing. Like, yeah. that, 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 that to me um, is probably the most humbling thing. Uh, you mentioned parents and uh, obviously on YouTube, especially past three, four years, like brand safety has been like a business concern. Um, what's your approach? to that? I mean, you seem relatively, you know, brand safe, mm-hmm. but um, is that by design? You know, is there a whole other side to your personality? <laughs> like, no. Where <laughs> <laughs> you actually do take a shit on stage. You'll like, be a part two. Yeah. We can get into it. Uh, no. <laughs> um, for me, as far as being brand safe, it's more of like I am myself. You know, I'm not going to hide who I am on camera. It's a lot easier to be yourself than be anybody else. Uh, and I, as far as what I do, like if someone's going to come forth and a business that can say, hey, Craig Thompson, we want you. That means they've chosen me out of literally everybody else. So that means I, I know that if they've chosen me, I need to put my work in and kind of like the holy trifecta, whether it's I am happy, the business is happy and the audience is happy. If I can nail all those three, then it's a good business relationship. Uh, as far as brand safe goes, there's a, a lot of controversy. Of course, there always is about you know 
um, child safety. A lot of these parents are doing videos with their kids and the kids look like they're overworked yep. or uh, the, the comment sections are very aggressive towards the kids and it's how you shelter Ryan's that. Ryan's toys is in rehab. No, I'm kidding. It's no, Jesus. True. The kid's that's not, sick. <laughs> that's not true. God damn. I, actually, I, I, met, I met his dad. His dad is very a very, very special style man. He's, he's, it's good to see because he tries to make sure that he limits his amount of time with uh ryan on camera yeah he was saying about how he's doing a lot of um he's getting an animated version of ryan so oh, ryan cool. can take yeah. less time off videos because i mean the kid's what six seven years old yeah. and he's, he's he's getting a nickelodeon show and stuff like it's that's kind of no life for a six seven year old at that point i was still running around <laughs> falling over and breaking my leg and stuff you know d- discovering life um so as far as brand safe goes if you are a business i would just do your research um, whether it's a Wikipedia page, whether it's fandom pages, whether it's whatever, I would go through and see, are they doing, you know, drama videos, for example. Uh, if, if that's something that you want to attack and you want kind of like a, a more aggressive fan base towards your product, then go for it. Just make sure that you do the research beforehand. Um, because chances are, if you watch 10 videos of someone, you know exactly what that person is going to be. Yeah. Um, whether business or creative or maybe the mix of the two, what would you say your superpower is? What is it that you do that nobody else does well? Oh, God. Um, I don't know. I think I've just been doing this so long that um, whenever I try to attack video game content, I try to make them all into mini movies. So I try to all the skits that I played out. I learned how to edit kind of like what movies do as far as bringing the you know cheesy things like bringing the letterbox lines and bringing yeah. color grading and you know making sure that the sound effects hit properly and you know making it into kind of like a story rather than just random gameplay moments and making sure that there's a, a beginning a middle and the end and you know exactly at the end where or the entire way through the show you know exactly where it's going to end you know exactly how the story is playing out from start to finish because if you don't have a story it's like any piece of content with music you have an intro then you have, you know, intro, verse, breakdown, drop, chorus, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. You know exactly how the flow of the song is going to go. It should be the same thing with content. Like, you should know from the get-go what your video is going to be titled. You should know how, what your thumbnail is going to be, and you should have a direction. And you need to make sure that all those three things come across when you're making content. How much do you allow for serendipity, right? Because if if you're a little overly pre-planned, mm-hmm. I know in your world, like, if, if it's gameplay, it's just moving mm-hmm. it on its own anyway to some some degree. But you got to allow some wiggle room for like, oh, all right, I, I planned on calling it this, but this happened and now I'm going to call it like how much of that sort of serendipity do you all the time? I mean, I I could plan on calling something like, say, for example, the, the Chick-fil-A pizza. Well, we'll take that as an example just because it's one that you brought up. Say, for example, my house caught fire. I'm not going to call. I made a Chick-fil-A pizza when my house <laughs> caught fire. You know, it's like right. if something big happened and there's more of a. If, if the the direction of when you're filming, if the direction changes, then you gotta go the direction. You know, I feel like uh, you want to try and get as many people, many people as you can, to watch your content. So if your house burned down, that's gonna get a lot of clicks compared yeah. to Chick Fil A pizza, which might get some, but not if your house burned down. Who won the chicken wars, by the way? The chicken wars? Did you hear about the chicken sandwich wars when? It was oh, like... Popeyes and Chick Fil A. Yeah. Uh, I've heard that I've heard Popeyes is good. I heard it sold out so fast, but I heard it's good. Popeyes, it it did pretty well. I mean, I love a Chick Fil A sandwich, but the, there's something about the flavor. You can tell. You can tell Chick Fil A has better quality chicken. Mm, yeah, I'll give you that. I, I, like I'll, they talk to their chickens. <laughs> like you know, just the way like just the way Wagyu <laughs> yeah, beef are like massaging and feeding them beer and stuff. Watch movies and stuff. <laughs> um, you recently launched. Uh, well, not recently. A year ago, launched um, 
Craig Thompson mm-hmm. as a channel. Um, is, is that an indicator that you're growing up and your your hair is going to be unblonde pretty soon? Like what's it's the... it's trying, it's pushing out. Uh, <laughs> no, so the Craig Thompson channel is I love gaming, but it's even what I was touching on before where I want to experiment. You know, I want to have fun with it. I feel like there's no point in me uploading very vloggy, stupid kind of skit videos on a gaming channel. It just wouldn't be perceived well. So it's more of like a kind of a, a reset button even again like we we're talking before we're just a bunch of callbacks um where i wanted to just start doing content that's just me because with mini lad a lot of people feel like it's just like a character it, mm-hmm. it is just me but a lot of people feel like oh that's a mini lad video yeah yeah well for me i'm like i want to get i want to get people to know me for me and that's where the craig thompson channel comes in where i can upload content that i couldn't upload because it wouldn't work with what the audience is like yep and then just have that distinction between on this channel, I'm doing stupid gaming skits, but on this channel, it's me. As you uh, have traveled around the world, mm-hmm. quite literally, and around the country recently, um, the show's called Innovation Crush. Mm-hmm. Have you seen anything or experienced anything that you personally have a crush on? Like, what's giving you goosebumps you know, lately where you're like, oh my gosh, that was one of the most amazing experiences, a meal, a, a piece of technology Ooh. you encountered, you know... Different hmm. color shoestrings. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, I have to give a shout out to that Philly cheesesteak. God damn, that cheesesteak was good. As far as technology goes, <laughs> no, look, sorry, I'm, I'm, no, I'm dreaming think, over that Philly cheesesteak. I think it's there's just, something to be oh. said about originators, though. Like somebody I was talking to recently went to the place where the buffalo wing was created. Okay, and I was like, that should be an incredible experience. Right? Well, one thing that's cool about the 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 Philly cheesesteak originators is there's the two the two originators are across the street from each other. So one is Pat's and one is Gino's, and one it's a very big thing in Philly that you pick a side. You're either Pat's or your uh your Pat's or your Gino's, and Pat's is on this side and across the street is Gino's. And whenever we were just sitting there for like thirty minutes, and then Pat's would have a giant line. Whenever the line would go away, then Gino's would have a giant line, and it's like this weird tug of war battle across the street from each other, <laughs> and all of them have like. They're um, celebrities all over the boards. Both of them do. They're both priced exactly the same, so it literally is down to taste. That, to me, is interesting. That's a great, but it, that's like the most human of all experiences, right? Like, what is what happens when I put it in my mouth? Yeah, right? exactly. Like, like, the price is the same, same location. Uh, driving distance is exactly mm-hmm. it's It's a chicken war, but different. Exactly. And if, if you're a Pokemon Go fan like me, both of them have gyms on top of them. If oh, you're, I, know, so, I, I stopped Pokemon Go for a while, but uh, Big Jigglypanda, the guy I'm on yeah. tour with, is still is he's still really into Pokemon <laughs> Go. And he's he's brought all of us back. There's seven of us on the tour bus. Did he like the movie? Uh, I, th- I think he did. So he's a Pokemon card collector. Oh, okay. He okay, makes okay. Pokemon card videos. Yeah, yeah. And he's a massive, massive Pokemon fan. So er- everywhere we go, we're like, oh, there's a raid. Bus, pull over. We're gonna do this raid real quick. Like it's <laughs> it's fantastic. I mean, as I understand people keep asking me why I brought Anthony on my tour. Anthony is Big Panda, sorry. People keep asking me why I brought him on my tour in the first place. Like in a good uh, way or a bad way? No, but <laughs> just period. Because, I mean, it's it's called, it, it's Maylad Presents the Demonetized Tour yeah, featuring yeah. Maylad and Big Panda. Originally, the tour was meant to be just me. Um, but I think having the dynamic of someone else on stage where you're able to just banter back and forth yeah. with, we both have our own distinct stories. Uh, the tour is based around the message of you need to go through the rough times to really enjoy the good times. I want to leave. I want to make sure these kids leave with a positive message at the end of the show. Yeah, it's goofy and silly and yeah. whatever, but I want to make sure that these kids leave with a positive message. And I think that what Anthony does with some of his stories that he does for his stand-up parts, 
um, really, really show that message. That's awesome. Um, one last question before we do the final question. For sure. Um, why not television or film, or is that in the works? Like, and that's probably like a typical, you know, uh, inquiry. Yeah, but I mean, like, what is is there an evolutionary, you know, approach to content creation and where you show up and, and what platforms? Yeah, for sure. I mean, with with content creation as far as online goes, because it's all very new, you have a lot more freedom. With television and movies, do I want to be in TV's movies? Yeah, I mean, it's just again, like I said before, I want a million stories for my grandkids. Like, right, it, it sounds fun. I'm 100% down to do it, but I also know it's a lot more corporate. I also know there's a lot more restrictions. There's a lot more uh, a lot more holdbacks, a lot more pushbacks, a lot more everything in between. Whilst with online content creation, everyone's trying to get in it right now. Like, like Jimmy Kimmel has his own YouTube channel, you know, I and mean, like things like yeah. that. Uh, Will Smith is now one of the biggest Instagram stars Absolutely. where all these traditional celebrities are now coming over to more online content creation because they see the draw it has. Yeah. And the one thing that I say between online content and traditional content is you could be a massive fan of Will Smith, for example, but you're, you know, you're a fan of his movies, you're a fan of his music, you're a fan of whatever, but there's a very small chance you're ever going to either interact with him or meet him. With online content creation, because there's a comment section, because they're they're all we're all on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. There's a lot more of it's a friend on the couch feel compared to a celebrity feel. A lot of us have a lot of followers. A lot of people have a lot bigger following than I do, of course. And some people see them as celebrities, but also a lot of them just think of them as just friends yeah. because they're updating their socials a lot. They're talking to them in their replies. So it's it's two very different vibes. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I worked at Machinima RIP for a while, and that was one of the probably key selling points we would walk into rooms with. Which, yeah. which, which, I was at Machinima too. Don't worry. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Of course. Um and and shout out to Luke Stapleton by the way. Shout um, out Luke, hell yeah. Uh, but it was just one of those things. Like this is a peer ecosystem. This is not necessarily fans and creators. Mm -hmm. It is like I'm a, like there's an aspirational relationship like you would have with one of your friends. One of your friends just hit a three pointer. You're like I'm gonna try a three two. Like it's, yeah, it's just this. It's an inspiring exchange of moments. I guess. Well, it's even the same as like whenever um a celebrity pitches uh, a product to you. You know, say for example like. Kobe Bryant is selling you shampoo. Okay, cool. Kobe Bryant do some shampoo stuff, but you think of it as a celebrity pitching shampoo. Right. Whenever you do a, a bit of influencer marketing, when you ever pitch your product and a uh, an influencer or a YouTuber, Instagram star, whatever the hell, if they're saying, "Hey, I really like this shampoo," it's more of like a friend on the couch telling you to try it out rather than someone on the TV telling you to try it out. So there's that kind of like personable connection. Like when I go on tour, sorry for no. uh, Whenever I go on tour, a lot of people are just like it's. It's kind of like meeting a friend who I've had online for the last five years. It's kind of like finally meeting in person, even though they're in the crowd and I'm on stage. That's what a lot of people say. It feels like I've known you for so many years. I've grown up with you, and it's it's that friend atmosphere which kind of puts it really puts online uh, aside from traditional. Yeah, that's great. My grandmother would be proud. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's a callback. Um, so <laughs> the show is called Innovation Crush. Um, I'd like you to complete a phrase for me. Sure. Possible. Innovation to me is. Ooh, okay. Mm. Good question. Innovation to me is how people perceive the future. Put it that way. I think of a lot of people don't give millennials and Gen X a lot of credit because they're like, oh, but. You know, they have apps nowadays that are able to do algebra on your phone. 
But I think what the next generation coming up, and as far as innovation is concerned, is a lot of people or a lot of these kids are finding solutions to problems that for issues that didn't exist five years ago. Technology is moving so fast nowadays that you need someone who has been tuned in from day one, aka some of a younger generation, to answer these answer these problems. For example, a lot of people, without getting into politics, a lot of these politicians are 60, 65, 70 plus. A lot of them don't bar- probably barely even know what YouTube is. Well, so you got a lot of these issues, like you know, the YouTube. Yeah, the YouTube. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, we're all we're all from a machinima background. Yeah, so, yeah. like machinima is basically that's day one as far Absolutely. as gaming on YouTube is concerned. So we had problems that we could never fix before. But everyone who is in that machinima office were all in their twenties because you need people who were brought up with it to fix the to fix the issues for the, for the new generation's problems. Yeah, I agree. Um, and thank you for being a part of the solutions. Hell yeah, of course. And you too. Oh, you, you know, I do you, what I can. <laughs> you need to give yourself enough credit with your well jokes. <laughs> um, where can people go to find out more about you, the tour, whatever else you want to plug, yeah. talk about? No, so everything online is Minilad, no space, 3Ds, M-I-N-I-L-A-D-D-D. Um, I try to do 2Ds, but YouTube gave me an error message whenever I was creating my account, so I just threw another D on there. Um so Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, if you want to come through to the tour, uh, tour goes through to December 7th, uh, and that's minilad.net. That one has two Ds because I had to change that one back up. Make up your mind. I know. I know. And then everything else you can find on there. Well, right now you're in 2D. This is that's true. This is real life. Uh, or is this 3 Which, which, uh, four, which four, one is real life? 40? If you're looking at the picture, that's 2D. If, you're, if it's in real life, it's 3D. Yes. Yeah. Science. Science. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone, this has been another installation of Innovation Crush, and we will talk to you next time. Peace.